0: Thanks again for tuning in to the Snowy's Camping Show. You're here with Ben and Lauren. How are you going? I'm going good. You're going good? Yes. We are chatting today about wind and rain when camping, which <laughs> it's, I mean, it's generally winter camping, isn't it, mm-hmm. that you it need is. to be prepared for these things, which I think you like.
1: I love winter camping. I mean, I know that you tend to camp more in summer. Mm. And I tend to count more in winter and I love it. There is literally nothing better than waking up in the morning and it being like so cold and crisp and you snuggle out of your like, you wiggle out of your warm snuggly cocoon and like everybody else is asleep and it's quiet and then it's just dawn and the birds are calling and like in the trees there's mist and you just crank up your stove and boil your water and it's just the vibe is amazing.
0: It's all good until you got to get out of your sleeping bag, right? Yeah, it's just I, cold I don't know. No, no, I, like, I, that, I don't mind it. There.
1: I don't mind it. Damp, damp. those sucks. Like wet winter camping isn't as good as dry winter camping. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, but I can deal with wet. And I obvious. don't mind winter camping and that mm-hmm. analogy that you gave with the mist yeah. and stuff. It, it is pretty nice. It can be calm and everything kind of has got this crisp kind of cleanness yeah. about it in winter. I prefer warm weather personally. Um, but I reckon wind is the pits. I can handle heat, rain, um, you know, just cool weather, mm-hmm. warm weather or whatever. But if it's windy, to me that's the worst because you—you you, you everything's blown away. You've got to. Strap strap everything down. Things are flapping around. You can't hear nature because all you can hear is the wind in your your ears. There's Mm -hmm. dust all over everything. I mean, to me, wind is the worst. I'd rather have heavy rain on a still day than wind on a dry day.
1: Yeah, wind is the pits. And I actually have a horror story of wind, which I'll share here. Okay. Is we, um, down the bottom of York Peninsula, we go – generally we will go to this camping place. It's a private camping place and it's along a large portion of the Southern York Peninsula coast. Um, and there's probably over a hundred different campsites there that you can choose. And we had not ever camped at this one particular site, but I always used to drive past it and think, Oh my God, it's so beautiful. Cause it was overlooking this cove and the view was just stunning. And we were like, next time we come, we're going to camp in this spot. So we booked it and we went there and A, it was like, like, it was just limestone. It was like sand and just chunks of limestone because we didn't actually go in and suss the campsite out because the last time we went past, other people were there so we couldn't go in. And it was also on a cliff, like just literally (laughs) on a cliff. On the edge of a cliff. I just, I don't know why. I didn't think it through, but it's on the edge of a cliff that had this little like goat track down through the cliff and the sand into this like amazing beach, which is fine, but cliff. I should have thought cliff. And it just hammered wind, just like, I was going to say from morning till night, but all through the night. And it was just the pits. It was the pits. And I think my poor partner, Probably lost a large portion of hair on that trip because he didn't sit down once. He was constantly like retentioning and re pegging and trying to just adjust it so we could have some sort
0: of peace. So you've just rolled up with like rose colored glasses basically yeah. and seen this campsite like, no, on a cliffhanger. Look at that. Oh, view. such a
1: beautiful view. Oh, wow. And it's just, no, I totally botched that, didn't I? Mm. And we, I'll never live it down.
0: I've had a windy night out in a tent that uh, wasn't really designed for. Windy weather. It was in, I can't remember where it was, but it was out back in South Australia, mm. uh, well, maybe, maybe Northern Territory, but we got caught out in a sandstorm oh, and uh, no. it wasn't the heaviest duty tent. Um, But I had to move the car as a windbreak and stuff to kind of try and hold it. And in the morning we woke up and there was just sand all over us because there was enough wind that it just kind of blew up underneath all the privacy screens in the tent and everything. And, yeah, so that's a bit of a a fun night. Yeah. It's also proof that you can get a tent that's not designed for wind through windy weather, Mm -hmm. but you need to use a bit of common sense and Mm -hmm. and kind of anchor it in some way. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're talking about today, right? Yeah. How to deal with that weather when you may not want it, but you're caught out yeah. in there. I mean if you predominantly camp in really wet really windy weather, then you need to make sure you've got a tent that yeah. can deal with that. But not all family tents come equipped with the design and the yeah. pegs and all that to deal with really windy weather. And a I lot of them are going for caravan parks Think
1: but- people set out to be like, oh, yes, I'm going to get a camping set up because I love camping in wind and rain. It's not, you know, like people don't set out to be in that sort of weather. So I think no. having the ability to work with it if it comes up unexpectedly yeah. is is handy.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Be, be prepared. And that's going to mean- That you need to consider what you're using on the tent, how it's set up, and maybe also add a few extra things in Mm. your tent. But if we start with say where you set your your campsite, firstly, like probably biggest tip is don't set it up on top of a cliff, right? Mm -hmm. Like you did, like I did, (laughs) yeah. Um, It was beautiful though. Yeah, I'm sure it was. You got great photos of your tent flapping around (laughs) and and your wind, your hair just being blown off. But the view was good, yeah. Um, So try and set your tent up in a protected sort of space Mm -hmm. and consider the orientation of your tent. So don't set a large sort of awning on the front facing into the prevailing breeze because that's just a big windsock that's going to catch the wind. So you need to consider how your tent is set up. Um, So you kind of want to maybe set it up such that the the narrow or sort of pointy point of the tent is into the wind. So in your instance, if that wind's coming off the ocean Mm -hmm. on your cliff campsite, you probably need to set your camp Tents up so that the slopey side's mm-hmm. kind of facing into the wind, which unfortunately for you probably means that the front of your tent's going to be facing away from the view that you wanted. Yeah. So, so you just need to consider. We got those there things. in the
1: end. A couple of days, we were away for just over a week. A couple of days in, we finally sort of managed to set up our shelter and everything in a way that was made for the rest of the trip peaceful. But okay. yeah, it's amazing. Can I just before we sorry. go on? Sorry, yeah. I know I interrupted you then having worked in customer support and taking calls from all around the country, one of the main questions that we do get though is what's the best tent for wind. Mm. And the reality is mm, there aren't any tents that are designed really to withstand constant, constant wind. And I think, the people who possibly are looking for those sorts of tents are people who like to do a lot of coastal camping where they are going to just be in wind just 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um Maybe back in the day those huge big sort of Taj Mahal canvas cabin style tents. With would, the steel frames. With the and- steel frames, yeah, awesome, definitely would have held up to that. These days you're not really going to get much and even if you do have a tent that – like tents will generally withstand sort of shorter bursts of wind or maybe a couple of hours of afternoon wind or an unexpected thing, but not like just continuous onslaught of wind. If if that is the camping that you're going to do, I would really strongly suggest that you check out um, air tents, which initially for me I was like, no gimmick, air tents, are you kidding me? and then the more that i've learned about them and seen them in person i'm like wow these are actually amazing they're uh zempire in particular do some sensational air tents and they're they're similar premise of instant up but instead of a frame you're pumping up air tubes they're made from the same material as um like your TPU uh, material. Yeah, like your life save, like police and life saber rubber ducky boats. Mm-hmm. It's sort of the similar technology of that, or your inflatable stand up paddleboard. They're like PSI tested to millions of, you mm. know, whatever, and they're amazing. And when they're in the breeze, they sort of just. They're forgiving. They're forgiving. They sort of just flow with the breeze a little bit. You know, it's not like the tent's on an angle or whatever, but instead of having this rigid, solid frame that has to withstand the wind, it just sort of, yeah, it sort of just moves a little bit with the wind. Your best chances are to get one of those air tents if you do a lot of coastal camping and a lot of wind camping.
0: And in terms of extremes, if it does get to the point where that tent's literally blowing flat over your face, those air poles kind of bend. And then bend back exactly a steel frame. Is some of the the kind of ones that balance massive family tent with a an instant up a very lightweight frame. Mm-hmm. When those. Holes give way; they give way, they and give you can't way. use a tent anymore. That's 100% but an, right. air, an air tent is certainly yep. far more flexible in that respect. Yeah, there are some tents that are designed for heavy wind, but they're compact expedition style tents. Yeah, and if you look at the design, they're aerodynamic. Really they come aerodynamic. Down to they're really like tunnels, tunnel t- tent tunnel tents. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of really rigid, taut poles in there The fly fits really tightly over the top, mm. and they're designed for environments like um, alpine type environments or mm. you know Everest sort of scenario. Have a look at the the tents people use in Base camp and they're big domes with heaps of poles in them yeah. that add a lot of rigidity and they still got flexibility in them. So when the when the wind hits them, they flex with the yep. wind. People, a lot of people will expect or a lot of questions around boxy family style tents. They go, mm-hmm. what is it like in the wind? Well, if you break this down to a bit of common sense, it's it's a box, right? Yeah, they're slightly slopes but there's big flat sides on them. Mm-hmm. And if you go from a four person to a 10 person one, you've got a big long flat side mm-hmm. that's just going to catch the wind. Mm-hmm. So they're not so good in the wind, mm. in light winds or in a protected campsite, it's okay. Yep. You still need to use some common sense about how you set it up and the guy ropes that you use and whether you're going to have a massive awning set up on the front mm. in, in really windy weather, but they're not so good in the wind. So I reckon yeah. it's a really common question, isn't it? it? Is. Are these green really yep. And I think people just need to look at it and go, does that look like an aerodynamic, an aerodynamic shape? car? Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. You've got a, a, I said car. This my did my say my, <laughs> my head's um, forward of my mouth here because mm. I'm going to use car as an analogy. Right? Okay, yeah. Sports cars, really, yeah. you know, long, slim cars, low to the grounds. Yeah, they're aerodynamic. Mm-hmm. People know that a full drive like isn't patrol. as aerodynamic. Like my patrol, it's a box, right? Yeah, it's not as aerodynamic. Yeah. Same thing applies to tents. If it's a boxy tent, it's not going to be as good as a tent that's kind of sloped. And those air tents are more aerodynamic. They are, yeah, they do tend they're to be forgiving, so it's a better choice. And yeah.
1: talking about guy ropes and stuff before, the next best thing, you know, the, the reason why those air tents are awesome is because they are forgiving and they they do allow a bit of natural movement with the wind. Springs on your guy ropes. They're like trace your springs, next best yeah. things, trace springs. If you don't have an aerodynamic tent or you don't have an air tent, um, the next best thing is to chuck some trace springs on the here. end of your guy rope. You can get them in like a, uh, attached to an existing guy rope or you can just buy them separately. And an analogy that we had again um, is- When I was borrowing my folks' camp trailer once a couple of years ago, and we were also camping on York's, which especially on the west side, gets really windy. And we were a fair way inland. It was still super windy and the the um annex like the awning annex just was constantly falling down and the poles were just the the um awning poles they were just losing their lock as well just mm. under the it was a bloody nightmare and then i remembered we had springs in in our kit so we got out and replaced all the spring the guy ropes with springs and it literally there was still movement in it but none of the poles failed the awning didn't lose its tension and the it the trip was saved purely from springs and Before then, I didn't really realise how good they were or Mm. their importance, Um, but having used them in person in the same trip with and without them, I would never, ever have a camping kit that didn't have springs in them. Ever I think, again. I think
0: my story is pretty much the same. I always thought they were a bit bulky and a heavy yep. thing to take. And I did grab some for my, uh, an Oz tent RV tent that I use. And I've got a couple that I use for the awning at the front mm. for the same reason. And they they do multiple things. They keep tension on it because you can tighten it and it allows movement kind of both ways. Yeah. As, as the tent moves, it keeps it, like you said, keeps the tension on the rope. Mm-hmm. It also minimizes damage of the tent because if you've got a rigid rope on there and the wind picks up, you're going to, something's got to give. Yeah, Hopefully it's the tent peg, in which case it's going to fall down. Worst case, it's going to be the fabric or an islet in your tent or something yeah. like that. But these just allow that movement and are less, uh, not as harsh on the tent. Mm-hmm. It probably does bring us onto pegs as yes. well because we've got some examples I'm in front of us. I'm passionate about here. pegs. Uh, you did, yeah. You, you, you went on about it a bit before, but yeah, we've got some pegs in front of us here. I've got this little one. Mm-hmm. I, I sort of prefer to. Them as a pin, really. A lot of pegs, a lot of tents will come with these.
1: That's their standard, yeah. Um, And if you if you're not watching us and you're just listening to it, they're like maybe half a centimeter thick, maybe five six mils. Um, you know, maybe fifteen centimeters, really thin, and they just got the standard little bend at the top. If you are only camping at caravan parks on grass.
0: Firm,
1: firm, 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 but soft enough to hammer it in without bending the pegs, and you know, you know, it's going to be calm and still. Yeah, fine, totally fine. But the first thing I would do is upgrade your pegs. If you're buying a tent, just buy pegs as well. Upgrade them
0: at least for the guy ropes. You can use these for kind of around the base of the tent, the the base of the the fly sheet, and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But Definitely, we've got another peg in front of us here and I'll read the information on the side. I think it's an 8mm. They're, eight, key, eight mil, they're
1: gal, um, three, key head pegs.
0: Yeah, which is really the head's shaped to stop it bending too much. Mm. But th- uh, 8 millimeter thick peg, 300mm long um, and they're far more durable. 10 out of 10, love them. Yep. Use them for your guy ropes, the yep. the real tension points of the tent. Yeah. And if you're pitching your tent with the you know one end into the wind, and yep. you've only got a handful of these, you want to use these on that end of the Absolutely. tent. Absolutely.
1: I can't. I honestly cannot recommend those pegs highly
0: enough. Oh, this is what I use. This this stopper yeah, peg. But yep. you've gone one step further, and you've you've gone on well about these because these V shaped um, pegs. Do, was, you? Like
1: you know, if we're out. In the outback, and it's sandy because you sort of mean deserty, aridy conditions, or you're coastal and it's sandy and things like that. We have um also Super Peg, love love their pegs, they're awesome. I don't know what you would call these. Let's have a look at the label it's here.
0: A it's called a an V-shaped angle iron tent angle peg. Iron.
1: So it's essentially a, a piece of right angle galve with um a little bit of a bendy tent peg, I guess, welded onto it. But these are. I was going to say bloody, but I don't know if I can say bloody well on this You've podcast. You've already said it, it three is, times, it's, I think. So it's <laughs> bloody great pegs. I would, I would not be without at least a couple of these. In even um, we've we take them with our beach shelter as well, and we're the only people often without a, without our beach shelter failing in even the worst weather. They're amazing, and um, yeah, I wouldn't be without them. I think we've got about six or eight of them. And they would be like our main points and then we'd use our other key head pegs and things like that. But okay. definitely, I know they're big and heavy and you're like, I'm not too big, too yeah. heavy. But um, no, nah, they're worth it.
0: Well, there's other options. There are polypropylene sort of versions of that and we've got these other- these are from Super Peg 2, which they call it the ground anchor, I think, and it's kind of designed to go in the ground and supposedly dig deeper as the tension goes on it. I've never actually used these. I'm not yeah, sure that, how well it works, but they're better in really soft ground than a, than the, the sort of, you know, yeah. round pegs that we showed before. Um, so there are lighter options, I suppose, because uh, if you need, say, 20 of these heavy-duty pegs and 20 of those mm. angle-line pegs is going to get pretty heavy. That's true. But then 20 of these plastic ones are going to be lighter, but it's also going to take up a lot of space. But definitely have a handful of them in your kit and make sure you use them on the real tension points of your tent yeah and if possible preferably use them with tray springs as well on yes. that really windy point yeah. so I use mine on the awning of my um oz tent i oh, use yeah. just pegs on my like, heavier pegs like this. so' oz tent come with reasonably good pegs anyway yeah. um on the guy ropes and then on the awning at the front I use um the the tray springs because the large yeah. amount of fabric flaps a lot and it just allows yeah. it to move and the Holes then don't keep falling out mm. as well. So, yeah.
1: I think we've talked a lot about wind, but we also are supposed to cover rain and stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, we
0: have. We've gone 15 minutes and not covered rain yet. Yeah. But no. yeah. So, rain. what do yeah, you tips?
1: Mm, just a set well it sort of does tie in with the pegs and the springs and whatever in terms of keeping good tension yep. on on your annex so your awning, water. your fly, your shelter whatever so that when it does rain you don't have pools of water sitting mm-hmm. in any one spot because I think that's where you can run into trouble with you know the water leaking through. Um,
0: Make sure you have your awning's on an angle so that water yeah. runs off and the tie fabric helps that rain just to beat off the tent. Yeah. yeah
1: and Sort of like being able to, in a setup, um, being able to drop your awning down, like if if you do get unexpected rain or weather or whatever, to be able to just slightly tweak um, everything you've got set up there to account for that Mm -hmm. is really important. Um, Maybe do all
0: that before you go to bed too. If you're expecting a rough night, that's true. Bunker down and then. I breathe. have also had no. a horror story of oh, yeah,
1: yeah, having to get up at like two o'clock in the morning when like rain and be like oh my god, it's uh, not good, is it? It's you not crawl good.
0: out of your out of your warm bed and you're in the wet and the rain. Yeah, and yeah, just it's easy. It's better to do it just before you go to bed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um,
1: um, I think a couple like I know I have seen it around. I haven't done it myself personally, but some people have like a small compact shovel in their camp kit and they if they are or they do know there's going to be a lot of rain they can sort of dig a little bit of a a channel around the tent and spaces to try and like anything that comes off the tent to stop it from coming back underneath the tent or pooling around the space to sort of funnel it away
0: yeah Um, I've seen that a bit I guess you're digging up the environment a bit so be careful how you're doing that but it can also help water that's you're smiling at me.
1: I just, uh, no, I uh, it's okay. I was just expecting that. But anyway.
0: Okay. <laughs> but it, it can also yep. help if you are say camp somewhere where there is runoff from a, a hill or something next to you, it can kind of help channel that water yeah. around the tent. Because uh, a lot of um, probably the the place where you're most likely to experience leaking in a tent is potentially the floor because you're standing on it. So you don't want water to go under the floor. So yeah. if it's really wet, try to mitigate that water from going back under Mm. the floor so if you can yeah um use a a ground sheet or something, but try to get that water to run away from the tent. The same as you do with your house. We put paths and stuff around our house. Yeah. To try and get that water to run away from the house so it doesn't sit around. And same
1: if you are winter camping and you're coming up to your campsite and obviously not in a caravan park where you're, real, where you're designated, but if you're bush camping or whatever, don't put your tent on the sort of lowest point in that area as well. Like se- try and set it up in the higher part where the natural runoff is going to be away from your tent already. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Um. Other wet weather things can be a it, it to have like a, a dining type shelter because quite often the awning of a tent isn't enough to eat and cook and everything under for, say, mm-hmm. a family of four. Like I know my Austin RV5 is enough to sit under but not enough to cook under as well. So yep. maybe an extra tarp. And some poles and the pegs we talked about earlier with some tray springs and stuff. And you can just set up a basic yeah. um, shelter to, c- to cook up. You under. can't
1: cook inside your tent. You no, you not really a good don't want to be having your gas stove inside. No way. It's going to stink and it'll yep. cause all sorts of issues. Health with, issues. Um, and
0: health and burning stuff. Safety and, and whatever. Yeah. 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 Just don't do that. Don't do that. Um, so, yeah, set up uh, a vehicle awning is a good one. If you don't have a vehicle awning, then a, just a tarp tied to the awning or something. With the slope just to create a dry mm-hmm. space to cook in, mm-hmm. dine under – Try and set that up before it rains too much if you can. So you've got dry space under your feet as well. And with like
1: awnings and shelters and things, you can um, often get like extensions and things that are designed to work with that awning or shelter, which you can really easily use strategically as a windbreak and things like that, which is really
0: helpful. Like walls and that sort of thing. Yeah, or things that
1: come out, um, you know, like you can get like rain extensions and bits and pieces. So, yeah.
0: Yep, but set it up before oh, – if it's already wet, it's hard, but yeah. if you can set it up before that rain comes in, then you can keep a dry space. And so make sure you,
1: you like- also, obviously, if you – like a lot of camp stoves have windshields with them, but – If it's really, really windy, that just doesn't cut it. So it's sometimes I think it's good, especially to prepare in advance if you're expecting windy weather, to have a a secondary windshield Mm -hmm. can really help because it's nothing worse than trying to cook dinner and you've got hungry kids or a hungry partner and, you know, and it's like your stove just keeps blowing out or it's taking forever because it's not efficient.
0: Yeah. I think with the windshields, It's important to keep in mind too that if you set up a big flat sheet as a windshield, it's also a massive amount of space for the wind to catch in. So you're going to have to anchor it down really well. Well, yeah. uh, This is where I always say use your vehicle. Move your vehicle Mm. because the wind's not going to blow your vehicle over. You don't have to anchor it down. That already acts as a windbreak. Move your vehicle and then set your windbreak up on the other side of your vehicle so you're not relying on that one wall, that one tarp or whatever to take the brunt of the weather otherwise – You're going to set up behind that and then it's going to give way and then you've got a mess to run around and try and tidy up. So
1: The other thing is um, in my experience, if you know that you're going to have windy weather or cold weather, Invest in an actual good stove, camping stove that runs off LPG, because you can get those little ones that use the disposable butane canisters. They just—they don't work. That that fuel source is rubbish in the morning when it's cold. It just—it doesn't burn properly, and it's—it like I've if. Learn from my experience um, trying to use those sto- stoves in cold weather. They just don't work. They're really temperamental. You have to like open it out and take the canister out and shake it every 30 seconds because it just gets too cold and it just
0: doesn't work. It's a temperature thing with the boil point of the gas it's quite technical. Yeah. We're not go into it now, but yeah, the, the bigger ones suffer from the same thing, but because mm. it's a larger volume of gas, it's not subject to the cold quite as quickly as those little canisters. Same yeah. with hike stoves I think, stuff. But it
1: is the chemical composition as well, like LPG versus the little butane canisters. Are
0: they is just it? Yeah, they're just propane. Yeah, it could be. I'm not sure. It, N- it, yeah, the
1: butane ones that would go into, say, like your gas stove. Oh, sorry, stoves. the butane ones. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. But you're, you're right. talking about the isobutane propane ones, which are more the hiking stove ones. The, those blend of fuels is designed to account for cold yep. weather and you can get like better blends for above snowline or alpine conditions. Yes. But I'm talking about the ones the that- lunchbox, Yeah, the lunchbox Yeah, the stoves. little lunchbox stoves yes. that use like a head. they look like yeah, a yeah, hairspray yeah. canister. And that, yeah. that's
0: just butane. So That's straight up butane. That's a, that's a great tip for cold weather canning yeah, because the butane just doesn't
1: doesn't work oil in, yeah.
0: in the cold weather mm-hmm. and you'll just get this tiny little flame and you're never going to cook anything yep. on it. Whereas LPG yes. is subject to that but by not.
1: I'm so glad Not you're on yet. the same
0: page as I know me now. I know. We worked, yeah. We, <laughs> we worked it out. We got on the same page. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, don't rely on a campfire as well. If you, that I is you I think that's true. what you're saying. Take a, take a good stove. Yep. Um, if it does end up a lot of rain, you don't really want to be putting a cover over a campfire because mm. it's causing issues. So yeah. have a backup cooking system if you're going to be winter camping so yep. that if it is too wet. You don't want to be sitting around that campfire or, or relying on that for cooking. If you've got a good fire, it'll still work in the rain, but it's not going to be as much fun. So yeah. take a stove that you can put under your dining shelter yep. and stay out of the rain. So yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, I think. Yeah, I've got not not much more that I can add off the top of my head. No. We, I try to just avoid camping in wind and rain, really, by going camping in summer. Then you yeah. don't have those issues. Or wind I and rain camping cliff, is so. amazing.
1: Although, what well, I know, I've shared some horror stories, but I. It, but I would really love to hear other people's horror stories. I don't know. It makes me really happy reading about people's terrible yeah, experiences. So not because it makes me happy, but just because I love the stories, you know, and I love hearing yeah. about the adventures. And we also learn from them, don't we? We learn from other people's mistakes and other people's sort of um, misadventure, I guess. So I think it's
0: good for new campers too, to understand that that's part of camping. Yeah, you, definitely. You can plan for everything, but you probably, if you're camping for a long period, you're going to get caught out in wind and rain and stuff. Definitely. So yeah, takeaways are, so- uh, um. pick your campsite carefully, mm-hmm. use tray springs, upgrade, upge- upgrade, upgrade your, your pegs, pigs, yep. use all the pegs and everything in your tent. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So... Jump onto our Facebook group, Noise Camping Show. Don't forget to, uh, as I said before, share your camping weather horror story, stories with me, please. Um, and <laughs> don't forget laugh. to a yeah, <laughs> love. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're watching us here. Otherwise, uh, also subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss another episode. And you can also jump onto snowy's.com.au to upgrade any of your camping gear to any kind of weather
0: get some pegs and tray springs all of that sort of stuff
1: anyway thanks so much for listening guys we really love being here with you and can't wait to see you next time see you next time yeah thanks see ya bye